Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Chris Czar and welcome to the Yoga Czar podcast for Thursday, April 7th, 2022. And you know, I've had several people reach out to me and ask, hey man, how do you do that comedy podcast with all that dark and blue light humor stuff and also be this yogi guy? And what I have to say to that is, your boy's got range. <laughs> yeah, you know, being the complete embodied individual means a lot of things. Uh, it means being able to explore and navigate many dimensions of the psyche. And for some folks, <clears throat> being transcendental with what they appreciate about the human existence includes having a, a sense of humor <laughs> and an appreciation for things otherwise <clears throat> uh, not ordinary or not normal or for some folks not proper. So that's why, that's how. And for those of you that are new to the podcast, um, been doing this yoga thing for a while, right? E-R-Y-T 500, that is is highly credentialed as they come. In order to have that, you had to have taught at least 2,000 hours plus have 500 hours of training, 300 of which I did in about five weeks out in Rishikesh, India. So do I know my shit a little bit on yoga? Only a little bit. <laughs> And I say that uh, with some humor, and I say that with some humility, because there are some people who are tapped into things that I'm not tapped into. There are some people who have an indigenous upbringing to which I can't match. And there are some people who more ardently train and more by scope of time more strongly commit themselves to the asana practice, the meditation practice, the pranayama practice, the scholastic philosophy insight, all just to get to know yoga more and to be able to perform yoga better, which is all cool, right? Um, But what I do, certainly, is provide a collegiate level of introductory to intermediate, breaching upon advanced level of education when it comes to capital Y yoga. And recently, somebody from the yoga club, czaryogaclub.com, somebody from the yoga club who is a middle school teacher reached out to me with uh, a fun request, actually. Um, so she teaches in a fairly rural area and the scope of students to which she's teaching is middle school with a class size of 16 to 18. I, I can't remember which one, but there is a physical education section to which she wants to insert 
an introductory education on yoga, which is fucking rad. And she broke it down like this. Hey, um, with each subject matter that we're going to explore in this class, we're going to do a week of skill training and then a week of applied practice or gaming, depending on what the mode is. And they meet three times a week for 40 minutes a cut. And any advice that I could have on what themes to use and that type of thing would be incredibly helpful. And uh, for starters, um, I'm really thankful that there is this particular individual doing her thing on America's youth. Um, she is a stellar woman, um, has a lot more class than I do. <laughs> um, and comes from the Dakotas, which is a, a hearty part of uh, the U.S. So uh, she's got a sweet soul, a sweet spirit, and um, is definitely the type of person that I feel like most people would want connecting with their capital K kids, right? So I'm more of an adult guy, but this is a kid person. And as I got to thinking about this, I was like, wow, I haven't really done too much education with or instruction really with this age demographic. But if I were to start, I would break it down like this. You have your body skills, you have your brain skills, and you have your breath skills. And map those out over the course of your two weeks and apply them as you see fit. Zooming in a little bit on what those skills are and how you would hash those out with the students. I drew a little bit from my experience and shared with them first an active listening game. And the game's, it, it's pretty fun. Like a lot of kids enjoy this. Honestly, most icebreaker type situations could benefit from this. And that is when the students show up, right? Everybody's sitting down and that type of thing. You let the people know that uh, they're going to be paired up and that one person's going to speak, one person's going to listen. You do your thing to assign who's going to be doing the speaking and who's going to be doing the listening. And then you let them know that this music's going to play. The person who's going to be speaking will be speaking until the music stops. And the person who's listening is going to do their best to listen without speaking and you know if you want to laugh if you want to nod or if you want to give facial gestures that that's all good right um, but do your best to listen so um the music music's gonna go here we go and so you do that for a round and at the end of the round you ask the people who were listening what they learned about the other person and You'd be surprised how many people don't get a name <laughs> or, or they forget a name or just sort of a fun scenario. 
And there's a decent chance where a little bit of bonding happens, a little bit of friendship happens, which is good. Uh, and then you do the same thing again. And at the end of it, you do the same thing again, where the person who's listening tells about what they learn about the other folks. And you observe as the people are talking. And you observe because the final thing you're going to do in this exercise is ask people to raise their hand if while they were the listener, they couldn't help themselves but also talk. And be clever about how you look around, right? Making eye contact with the people that you know who did some talking. Maybe there was some already familiar friends who decided to have a conversation, um, right? So back and forth. And after enough hands are raised, um, the concept that has been teed up is one of the most important body skills that you have with yoga is active listening. And that's listening without reflexively reacting. Pretty good, right? <laughs> Pretty good lesson. You can expand on that. I don't go that long in this particular podcast, so I'm going to spare you the rest, but start with that active listening game. <clears throat> and that in itself will take about 20 minutes or so, maybe north of that, but you'll definitely have enough time so that on the first day, you'll also be able to do essentially a basic sun salutation and you'll frame that or you'll nest that in a game called Simon Says or whatever name you want to use. And as you're doing that, you're assessing one, the kid's listening ability, two, the body awareness, right? Because some people don't know their rights from their lefts. <laughs> And three, right, what sort of physical limitations are they working with? So do people have stiff backs, that type of thing. And then moving on to the next day, you have uh, games that you're going to do with the breath. And I was thinking, man, if we're working with kids, let's do something kind of funny to start off again. And that's um, see how long you can hold your breath game. <laughs> and... Uh, and, and you could do that with um, with a variety of methods, right? But it's just supposed to be goofy and fun. And one of the big takeaways that you're going to have with that game with the kids is the exchange of breath is important. You can't be selfish with the breath and just hold on to it. It's something that you, it's breaths that you give and there's breaths that you take. And that balancing these two things is important for you to live and also can affect the way that you feel. And then after that, I went in on some different approaches that she could take for uh, different type of breathing techniques that she could teach the, skid, the kids, different skills that they could learn, one of them being the box breathing technique which is a name that's applied to psychology, but effectively what that lesson teaches the kids are the parts of the breath, which aren't just the inhale and the exhale, but also the exchanges in between, the spaces in between, the transitions in between. And what uh, pausing a breath can do. 
And so you have those first two lessons. And then the last lesson that I would tee up uh, would be um, teaching the kids oceanic breathing or the ujjayi breath. And seeing just who can make the best sound. <laughs> and of course, you're going to have some like goofy kids and that type of thing. But when you do it for uh, more than a few minutes, so probably like three to five, uh, the kids, I imagine will settle in and when they do they'll experience for themselves what sort of psychosomatic effect that will happen to them and i don't know the right words to use besides psychosomatic in that case i guess just like how you feel in your body and in your mind and the final you know takeaway from there is how your breath is a bridge for your body and your mind. It's a bridge for how you feel inside and how you can act in the world. And so that'll be fun and all that. And then on the third day, right, the, the brain day, the opening would be um, a statement about how yoga and meditation, same, same, little different, but mostly same. And you don't have to get too philosophical on so that. I'm like, here's what the Yoga Sutras say, because they'll probably blah, 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 blah that out. But give a quick demo of, all right, so we're going to sit like yogis do, right? Crisscross applesauce, sitting tall. And we're going to close our eyes and be still. We're going to do that for just seven minutes. And then after that, we're going to take some notes on what happened, and we'll, we'll share a little bit. And when you do that, particularly for people who are meditating for the first time, they're going to share what they felt in their body. Likely, people aren't used, especially Americans, aren't used to sitting like that for that long. And so, like, the hips will ache, the back will ache, I had a hard time sitting tall. Um, felt like I had to move my neck around, like that stuff that I, I hear pretty often. Um, my mind kept shooting in like a million directions and that type of thing, yada, yada, yada. And um, that would tee up the notion that, one, it's not that our minds are supposed to be perfectly quiet. One of our magic powers as human beings is a creative mind. So having an imagination, that's good. To think up new ideas, that's good. To be aware of our environment, these things are good. The thing we are improving with our meditation is how we interact with what is stimulating us, with what is acting upon us. That and also when we feel stressed or when we feel angry, when we feel like we're not ourselves, a tool that we can use to help bring us back to ourselves is meditation. And if you thought that was hard, well, so do many people. <laughs> There's also different methods that we can use, uh, different means that we can use, which can fit our meditation styles better. So, for example, the one that I offered to her after that was the meta meditation, so the loving kindness meditation. 
which is a pretty easy script that you can get off the internet if you wanted to share it. Also a pretty easy script that you could just play off of YouTube if you wanted to just do it with everybody. But spending some time to think about the people that you love, right? whether it's grandparents for their kids or like their siblings or their best friends or their moms or whatever, and to create those feel-good feelings, which Tibetan nuns, <laughs> nuns, monks, <laughs> both, I guess, are <laughs> uh, are famous for having. Uh, that's a that'll probably be a really good experience for the kids, I'd imagine. And because there's that continual visualization and that guided practice. The mind won't shoot in a million directions and they might experience a meditative state for the first time. And then finally, what I said to her in terms of, uh, of like skill development that you can use is that for meditation, a progressive relaxation is awesome. It's super awesome to do just like a a scan of the body and progressively relax things uh, bit by bit, puzzle by puzzle piece could be a fun way to go. And then the way that you would turn those into games in the following week, right? Because you got to do that next is uh, you go on the Monday, right? Because to me, in three days on the Monday, you do. Effectively, a Simon Says competition. <laughs> and you do a sun salutation front to back. And as people, you know, goof up, right? They're out. It's all good. No problem. And as the proficient students come along and do their thing, if they complete the sun salutation, they'll get a piece of candy or a gold star, whatever it is you want to do. Um, or the last person standing obviously wins. And then you do it once. And then you do it again. Right, you do it again, and when you do it again the second time, then people will probably do the things that they're familiar with doing because they've not just done it that day, but they did it on the previous week that they saw you. Now you can introduce new postures. Just a few postures, right? So effectively what will amount to maybe a um, a 20-minute sequence or so, if that. And... Um, that itself would complete 40 minutes on the Monday. On the Wednesday, what I would suggest is having the challenge of, uh, one, the Ujjayi Pranayama, right? The oceanic breathing, starting with that. And then um, doing the series that you did on Monday, but linking the breath to movement as you do it. Occasionally making the invitation for a very auditory exhale. That would be a really good way to go, right? So that way there's some demonstration, some peacocking, which <laughs> middle school kids will tend to like to do. And, uh, and then um, at uh, the very end of it, teach them one more breath technique which is the inhale, pause, inhale, exhale. And to give them that tool as a way of a reset button. Anytime you need a reset button, try this. 
So that'll be on the Wednesday. And then on the Friday, what I recommended was for the brain game, you did something equivalent to uh, Yoga Nidra. And that at any time, if you feel your mind wandering off, to try the inhale, pause, inhale, exhale. And I don't know if that's necessarily the the most optimal thing to do with all these kids. I also don't know if setting them up in a circle or that type of thing is the best thing to do with these kids. Again, I'm not a master in that realm. But having those three buckets of the body game, the breath game, and the mind game, the body skills, the breath skills, the brain skills, to have those three buckets and then sum up at least at an elementary level, or I guess a middle school level in this case, (laughs) to sum up that yoga is these three skills united together. Yoga literally means union as in to yoke, as in to join together. And so when you think about what it feels like to feel really scattered, right? You have a lot of homework assignments due, the world is ending because your boyfriend broke up with you, whatever. Yoga is a practice, a discipline that people use to have health in their body, to have health in their brain, and to have healthy relationships with nature, with space, and with people. And it's an effective one too. So that's what I would do. Um, Of course, you could go a little bit deeper if the students were up to that aptitude. But hey, um, that's what I had off the bat. And that's what I wanted to share with you on the episode today. So if you are a youth teacher out there and you're looking for a way to set up you know, a couple of weeks of programming of yoga, meditation, that type of thing, or just like an introductory experience, feel free to draw on this at all. Send me comments, suggestions, stories at yoga czar on Instagram. That's where I do all the yoga stuff. Of course, uh, subscribe to the yoga club, czaryogaclub.com. It's only $14.99 a month, cheaper than a Netflix subscription and definitely better for you. (laughs) do live meditations and breathwork sessions. You get discounts to all of my services and whatnot. And of course you can make, you can make requests. Um, I've recorded videos for uh, people, the club to use so they can practice on demand at any time. And you effectively have me in your pocket. So, um, subscribe to that club, especially if you're a fan. Um, I don't have an OnlyFans. People have told me to get an OnlyFans. (laughs) I've been stubborn about that so far. Um, But I feel like this is my OnlyFans. It's a fan club. ZarYogaClub.com Of course, if you just want to buy my privates and that type of thing, you can do that too. That's all the plugs I have for you. I love you. Take care. And enjoy your weekend and week. I'll be back here to check in on you again next week for... The Yoga Czar Podcast. Peace.